Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Another big weekend for you. Notre Dame got lost. Yankees barely hung on. The, um, the Yankees crushed the race twice. Yeah, split the series. Yeah, really impressive. Um, and then the Eagles barely held on. Yeah, that that I didn't expect. But no, W's no, I didn't. W. I then you you're not that good. Uh, I'm trying to tell you, you're not that good. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but you're probably better than. And then there's the Cowboys. Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. Cooper Rush is the quarterback. Dax out for a long period of time. Talk about a fluke. Yikes. As usual, though, you cheered the injury. I I do not cheer injuries. Let me put it to you. I feel bad for him. You're always happy when say, ah, he's ah, yeah, he's a fraud. (laughs) But. I, I do I do revel in Cowboys fans and Jerry Jones' misery. I will say Why that. Can, that never gets all, old. Because of all the Super Bowls they've won? They have five, right? Correct. But the last one was in, what, 95? They have five, right? Yeah, they have five. Yeah. Super Bowls, what, going into what, number 58? 57, yeah. 57, yeah. You have only? We got one. Yeah. One. Four-team division, you're fourth in Super Bowls? Correct. Washington has three. At this point. Giants have four. Correct. Cowboys have five. That's fine. Actually, it's not fine with you. You panicked on all of them. Um, <laughs> why can't we be that good, Dad? Your family has Moderna stock, don't they? All right. Uh, let's. <laughs> <laughs> Here's our play-by-play call of the day. Boswell trying to get it done. Snap. Placement. Kick on the way. Boswell. That's a winner. Unforgettable season opener. And the Steelers outlast the Bengals in overtime. What a bad game that was. Jeez. Bad overtime period alone. That was a bad game. I'm sitting there like, God, this is a bad game. The D, I mean, and the Steelers defense played great. But it's like, boy, this is such a bad game. But they all count. Question is, how long is T.J. Watt out? 
I guess it's it's bad, but not as bad as first feared. How about that? Yeah, he's but getting second is, and third opinions now. Yeah. But you know what? This is the new um, injury of the last 10 years that we hear a lot about. And you got to ask yourself, why? Why do we hear about so many pec injuries now? We never heard about that before. Why? <clears throat> oh, well. All right, he's just back from Greece. In fact, we're going to tell the suit that that Bucknell's playing a four-game road trip in Greece. What do you think? Think he'll buy it? Well, I don't think he's even going to Michigan, so I'm going to say no on that one. He's not going to Michigan. Why not? Don't know. Was he allergic to the air? <laughs> oh, my almighty! I was just told that he's not going to make the trip to Central Michigan this week. Why not? I don't know. I guess for whatever he's got going on here the night before or something, he can't. Has enough. He doesn't have enough time to get out there. I'm not sure. We have airports. All right. Uh, let's uh, bring in. He just got back from Greece. Speaking of airports, he is back with us. Nate Power on three dot com, sir. Welcome. Not a ton of Penn State fans in the Grecian Islands this time of year, Steve. You'll yet, be surprised to learn. Yet I will tell you that the ones that are there, wowed. That's all that matters. That's all that counts. <laughs> How are you? I'm great. I'm great. How are you? It's great to be back. Yeah, it's great to have you back. And uh, everybody got a chance. Look. I talked to Dusty Dvorak for about, I don't know, 45 minutes on Friday morning. And we were talking about, at one point, the quarterbacks. And I said, you you can be looking down at your spot board or whatever. I said, you'll know when Drew Aller comes in. (laughs) (laughs) And he he, he laughed. He goes, yeah, you're probably right. So, look, Sean Clifford played really well. So let's let's put that to the side of the first. What did you think of the kid? No, he's just he's he's good. He, look, it's I'm I'm struggling with this balance, right? Because it seems like it's it's necessary to allow for the enthusiasm for him that is warranted. Right? Like I, I mean, look, the, he, that throw uh, to Omari Evans, mm-hmm. right? Yep, was perfect. Okay, yep. and from the press box. It was funny. A, a buddy of mine texted me, and he was just like, "Oh my goodness, that that ball was on the money." And my my instinct was, "Nah, it didn't look that way to me. Like it looked like Evans kind of ran it out and and got under the pass, right? Like it, it didn't feel as though the pass was that perfect." And then I saw about four replays of it, and it was like, "Oh no." That was fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> that but, was a perfect ball that he threw. But let's go. Um, to, but let's go to the freshman receiver. Watch the route he runs. He's open sure. because of the route he ran. That was a yep. fabulous route. It is. It all of the things and and you know I, I feel like we talk about this occasionally, but James Franklin does not get enough credit for his honesty in terms of the assessments that he provides, right? I mean, I, I think that when you look at this true freshman class, he's been talking about it since 
June. Right. I mean, right. He's, he's been talking about uh, not only the guys that came in in January, but just the class as a whole and, and what their their potential was for this season. And so I think that there's been, uh, again, not only for the media in, in terms of how we present this information, but for James Franklin himself, he, he's tried to – uh, you know, not go overboard in how he talks about these guys, but there's no question that the buzz and the excitement and all the things that happened in the stadium in the second half on Saturday afternoon all align. <laughs> they all align with yeah. everything that's been talked about for the past six months. I mean, to me, what they've done, besides getting several into the rotation, they've changed the depth quotient here. And I think that is a big element here because you look at any of the top teams, they're able to absorb problems, and they all have them. Everybody does. Clemson has them, Ohio State has them, Alabama has them, but they've been able to absorb it. This class allows them to absorb it, I think. I I think very much so. I actually wrote about it yesterday that Penn State needed to to beat somebody up, right? Uh, This has been a two-year deal where they just haven't and obviously the COVID year was what it was but they just haven't had the opportunities to comfortably get backups in the games and and Franklin talked about it this offseason I think that he realized and somewhat acknowledged that there were some circumstances last year that were probably a mistake right that it that it ended up hurting them obviously at Iowa but even after Iowa that they hadn't been able to and again this is kind of a combination of factors but that they hadn't been able to take advantage of that Indiana game right, uh, right. the the ball the ball state game right. they won 44 it, to even the even, even the Villanova game because they put the offense out there and then Villanova against the thirds put together two long time consuming drives the offense never really got out there very much so very much so and so and so the chances that they had last season were wasted and if you look at the the way that those two games played out ball state last year and um obviously ohio on saturday they were actually very similar in terms of the score at the half and and how the game was kind of proceeding but Penn State was able to, to like they made the decision to get, to get Auer in the game as soon as they did in the second half, and it paid dividends. They they desperately needed a situation like they had on Saturday. It's not gonna it's not gonna get uh, you know a, a ton of publicity, but they they really needed to have an opportunity like that, and they took advantage of it. Well, it, what was interesting to me, and it was when I when we interviewed James afterward, part of my question was he not only put Drew Aller in the game, he put them in with the ones. Yep. See, and I think that was invaluable to Drew that he worked with the ones in a game situation. Totally, totally. It, it. I've been talking about this for a couple of weeks now, but it, it, it had. Look, you don't necessarily know how you're going to draw these things up, right? Uh, but you have to get guys like Drew involved in the season. He was never going to be, or it didn't appear to me at any point this offseason that it was ever his show, right? He wasn't going to actually challenge Sean Clifford for that starting spot. But you got to be able to find and carve out spaces to involve him, to get him as as part of 
the action and guys like obviously Nick Singleton was going to make a push. There are some other guys that are in that that realm of deny Dennis Sutton has to play. You have to find a way to get these guys to play in today's day and age of transfer portal and NIL and all of those other things. And they've been able to draw that up and do it perfectly through the first two weeks. Yeah, it's interesting because uh, deny Dennis Sutton. Look, what's interesting to me is. Every freshman played better in this game than they did yep. the first game. The yep. night Dennis Sutton played much better in this game in the first game. Remember, he didn't come in until the middle or latter part of May, I think, something like that, because McDonough yep. doesn't let you leave early. Um, yep. And it, this is what... You know what, Steve? It was actually June 11th. June 11th, okay. June 11th? Yep. Uh, and so he didn't have the spring here. Yep. And you know, and he's already playing, and I think that that's really important along the way. What were a couple of other things, maybe under the radar, that you saw that you liked? Uh, well, obviously Singleton isn't under the radar; he's front and center. But right. uh, it's just, it's huge. It's huge. It 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 changes everything. And it and get, like I thought that what Franklin brought up in the post game summarized it perfectly because it's not just about the fact that he can break off an ADR run. It's the fact that defensive coordinators now have to account for it. Mm -hmm. And defensive coordinators accounting for it completely changes the complexion of the season for Sean Clifford and for Mike Yersich. Can I I add one other part to that? For anybody who's asking why Drew Aller ran when he comes into the game, if he has to come into a game, if he does, guess what? They know he can do it. It's yep. on tape. That's why they put it in there. Yep. Yep, very much so. And so those, I, I, I think that those are, uh, it's it's not the front and center. Nick Singleton being spectacular and Drew Aller being spectacular or, or really good are their own thing. That's what's going to be front and center. But the the ramifications and the things that it does to open up the offense for all of those other pieces. You know, hey, surprise, surprise, the offensive line is a lot better when Nick Singleton runs for 70 yards. <laughs> right? <Yeah>. Like, <laughs> instant, imp- instant improvement. Instant improvement. And so – uh, yeah, no, I think I think that those are important, but I do actually think that that the offensive line did take a little bit of a step on Saturday. I thought that some of the blocks that set up those runs were were better. Um, you know, beyond that, uh, Abdul Carter is is <laughs> he is he is the the real deal. Yep. He's instinct, you know. So that's that's I think is important. I think that I still have I have two questions coming out of Saturday. Uh, I, I I still have a little bit of question about that defensive line, and I'm I'm starting to wonder why uh, some of the interception opportunity. You know, it was kind of a one-off. Maybe it felt like against Purdue, but I thought that there were some opportunities that uh, Penn State secondary wasn't able to corral on yeah. Saturday as right. well. That look, these are these are. You got you got to make play. You got to you, you know interceptions are are life changing as Anthony Poindexter once said. Yeah. So you got you got to capitalize when those opportunities come. And certainly, I think in in Finley this weekend they're going to have some more of those opportunities that you got to maximize. Yeah, he threw two against San Jose State um, in the first half, which were important. 
again, I, I feel like a broken record. I feel like I'm saying exactly the same thing I said a year ago. You watch Auburn through two games, and I have no idea how good they are. <laughs> yes. The running backs are good. Well, we know, yeah. They, you know, yeah Bigsby, Hunter, Alston, they're good. Tight end, yeah. Shanker, really good. Um, Hall, 29, the defensive end. Whoa. Big-time player. I mean, NFL yeah. NFL player. A lot of the other stuff, I'm not sure. Riley's the 13, the inside linebacker, is a good player. But everything else, I'm not sure about. I just don't know. I, I can tell you that based on the reactions of some of the Auburn communities that I perused online today, they're not real sure either. <laughs> right. Those fans aren't real sure either. Uh, not a ton of satisfaction about how that game played out for them on Saturday. Yeah, and that was – I thought San Jose State was really well prepared, but I felt like that when they got behind – they kept trying to rely on the same game plan, and he never once went for it on fourth down. Yeah. Like, jeez, uh, come on, play to win. Yeah. Right, what's, That's, uh, it's, it's funny, but I actually I gave Ohio a lot of credit for that on Saturday. Oh, yeah, right? no. Late, late, late in the first half to keep coming, yep. you know, to not pack it up. No, um, no, no, no. I agree with you. And I like, by the know. way, Rourke's numbers are not good in the game. I thought Rourke, the quarterback, played very well despite what his numbers say. Yeah, he, I mean he's a good quarterback. Yes, he's a good quarterback. It was it was very clear from that FAU game. But uh, just you know, I, I didn't do a ton of research on Ohio, but it, that that's an offense that can play, uh, and and he's a quarterback who can play. And and Penn State should probably feel pretty good uh, about giving up just ten on Saturday. All right, great to have you back. Um, um, watch my big fat Greek wedding. That's really good. That'll that'll be good for you. Don't watch this. No, don't watch the sequel. Doesn't matter. A, a lot of a lot of cucumbers in my diet now. You know, cucumbers, pe- green peppers, olives, right? olives, always. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gonna keep you alive. Yeah. Yeah. Something those, like that. Those three hundred yard drives down the middle, wedged to the green. What do you live for? <laughs> I always refer to it as Jack Ham Wedge when Barney Amore puts it down there. <laughs> All right. I can tell you right he now. Can oh, he, no, can he can play. Barney. Oh, he can play. Oh, he can play. No doubt. He's quietly been terrific. So. Yep. And Punter, you. In, fact, right. in fact, you could help me out which number six is back there on punt returns for Auburn. That'd be great. Thanks. I'll check in with you <laughs> on Saturday. They, they both... <laughs> I'm gonna. I literally. I'm literally gonna watch warm-ups, and I'm gonna see. I guess one of them wears a wristband, and I gotta figure out which one it is. So that's all these little things you gotta do. Whatever. You're a veteran. You're you're a pro's pro. You've been doing this for decades. Yeah. I can count on you. <laughs> it's my job to get it done. All right, my friend. Thank you. See you down there. Sounds good. Thanks so much. Yeah, two number sixes for punt returner. Yeah. Terrific. I hate that. Well, it is what it is. I don't worry about that stuff. Whatever. I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out in pregame. It's no big deal. Okay.
It'll be all right. You hate that, don't you? <laughs> In this case, yes, because that's say with same numbers drive me crazy when I'm covering either when I'm calling a high school or or college game, either broadcast or PA. That drives me bananas. Yeah. Uh, you make it work. You make it work. You do. Doesn't you know? It doesn't matter. All right. We'll come back with more in a moment. Great to have you with us today on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Hmm. When car repairs get difficult. Well, I, I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections. Quick Lane, 630 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 630 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury. And Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the... Mm. Out of auto repair. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. And today's show brought to you by our good friends at Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto home life business. RV boat. Motorcycle, whatever it may be. It is all at Purdy Insurance. Market Streeted. Somebody go to purdyinsurance.com. Joined now by Bucknell head football coach Dave Giacchini. Dave, welcome back. Great to have you with us. Thanks. Great to be here, Steve. All right. So you go on the road with this one. Uh, you want to see a game, one to game, two improvement. It's not a win, but do you feel like you're a better team after it? I, I do. You know, it was it was a slow start. Um, you know, playing uh, on Bermuda grass in the rain, and then it quickly, you know, the, the the conditions deteriorated as as the football game go on, and we didn't do a good job of handling it. And and uh, you know, VMI certainly uh, handled the conditions better uh, in the first half. I give our players credit. You know, great gut check at halftime. Things weren't going our way. Uh, we weren't getting the calls that we wanted. The ball wasn't bouncing our way, but we just hung out, you know, hung in there until the second half and things, the momentum started shifting. We were becoming stronger on offense and on defense and, and uh, really playing better as the game went on. And we just kind of ran out of time there in, in the fourth quarter. But I really do, our, our players responded to the adversity and, and learned some, some uh, lessons and, and we emerged from it a, a better football team. All right, so tell me now, you know, what gaps you need to close. What gaps do you feel like you need to close that suddenly takes 10 points and gives you 14 more to work with and win the game? 
Yeah, you know, the, the differences there were, were very, very small. You know, we're, we're talking uh, an interception that just bounces off our hands in the, in, the, in the rain as opposed to us catching it, and we've got a clear path to the end zone. Uh, on the offensive side of the ball, a couple of drops or just one or two poor throws. Uh, we had plays that we left out there, and, and uh, so the, the, the difference in the game really came down to, you know, five or six plays. You know, we've got a 40-yard field goal, uh, and it's a little wet, and the ball is slippery, and our and our holder doesn't have confidence, and so we don't get the kickoff. You know, two minutes, three minutes later, they've got a 40-yard kickoff, a field goal, rather, and and they put it right through the uprights in the same conditions. Those were the types of things uh, that you know we're we're really really close. You know, we just need a little bit more consistency, is what we keep talking about uh, with our players, so that we don't put ourselves in the hole that we did uh, coming out and and playing as well as we did in the second half. We showed that we could compete and and we just got to do it put it together for a full 60 minutes uh, of effort and we'll get the win sometimes I, I situations like this come up dave and my first thought is usually it's one play each half if you can find one play each half it changes the dynamic of the game right or wrong on that yeah, absolutely. You know, the trick is you don't know which one play it's going That's to be. Right. There's always those critical moments. You can look back in hindsight and say, boy, if, we, if this just would have happened, if we would have just gotten this call, if we just would have, you know, caught that pass, if we would have just made this stop on defense. Uh, you know, so you never know. You always have your players ready. Like, hey, you know, there are the critical plays are coming. Not all plays are created equal, but the trick is you don't know which one. Sometimes they're obvious. Uh, particularly as you get closer to the end of the game, uh, but you know that play that happens in the in the middle of the second quarter can be you know one of the critical three or four or five football plays in the game. You just don't know it. All right, the ability to run the ball. What are you seeing there right now? Now, part of that's how VMI played it, no doubt. But how much more production do you need there to at least balance it out for you? Well, to get that consistency, I, I talked about earlier, we do need to, to be uh, to developing a more reliable uh, run game. We've had our moments. We've had our big plays, our explosive plays uh, running the football. We just haven't had that consistent ability to move people off the football. Now, granted, we've played two really physical, really dominant defenses, particularly in their maturity and experience uh, with their front seven, especially on the defensive line so it's it's been a tough ask uh, to ask our our linemen up front who you know are vastly better than we were a year ago it just really hasn't manifested itself uh, on the field with any degree of consistency quite yet we've seen the flashes we've seen the success we've seen some big plays uh, and then again as I addressed our team uh, on Sunday the day after the game you know we're going to continue to get better hopefully over the course of this week it still might not show itself on Saturday because we're playing probably the best opponent on our uh, schedule in, in central Michigan so our guys just have to be patient they have to believe and know that we're getting better even if the score hasn't reflected that uh, you know at the end of the football game yet. Yeah, Richardson's obviously a really good quarterback. There's no getting around it. Uh, he played well against Oklahoma State in the opener. He actually played well in their second game of the season, even though they lost that one. What about your quarterback situation? You play two of them. How do you want to handle it moving forward? 
Yeah, so Ethan uh, did a good job, but we, you know, in the first half, um, moving the football, he had one interception that was really a great play uh, on our opening drive. We were putting together a great drive, and, and uh, uh, the, the free safety from VMI just made a great break on a football, and, and I can't fault Ethan for that. Uh, he's young. He's getting gaining experience. He's gaining confidence, and he's really, really talented. Now, that being said, uh, Nick Septenfelter came in in the second half and really provided a, a spark for our offense to get things going. Uh, so, you know, we're going to see how it goes this week in practice. Ethan, uh, you know, is a guy who, you know, he's got great potential, and, and Nick is probably one of our best leaders, if not uh, our best leader on the offensive side of the ball. So they, they both got a, a pretty good skill set. Uh, and we'll check on both of them as the week moves forward. And and you know I would I would say at at, uh, at least right now where we as we look at uh, Central Michigan, uh, we'll probably uh, be playing both quarterbacks on Saturday. What do you think of Richardson, the Central Michigan quarterback? I'll probably I probably should call you and get a scouting report because after Auburn, that's what I've got next. So yeah, <laughs> ironically. He, he, he... He's got some athleticism to him. He's a little streaky right now. You see some of the inconsistencies in him where one drive, he he goes out there, he has all the tools. He has the ability to be a, a great FBS quarterback. Uh, he's just, you know, early in the game uh, against South Alabama. I think he, you know, really wasn't comfortable for whatever reason. And you can, you know, you can put together. I think he's a great example of a quarterback. You can put together a, a highlight film uh, where he looks as good as any quarterback in the nation. But then you can also put on a here's a low light, uh, you know, in his first uh, two games, and 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 there's yeah. some plays there too. So uh, he's talented. There, there, there's no doubt about it. I just don't think he's as polished or as, or as experienced uh, that they need him to be to really be uh, clicking on all cylinders uh, offensively. How important is it for your team to get to a lead, no matter who it is, but then play with the lead? Yeah, well, it's something that you have not uh, seen out of our team so far this year. So uh, it, it's something <laughs> it's, it's not by – by design, but it's just it's no doubt that way. And again, I'm I'm glad our team has has played so hard and has come from behind in both games and 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 really closed the gap as the games have moved on. It, that's a far cry from where we were uh, a year ago. So I, I guess I would rather have it this way as opposed to a year ago where we would have leads in the first quarter or the first half and then watch it slowly change as the course of the game wore on and and our team got worn out uh, simply physically overwhelmed by by our opponents so uh, so we're working hard and and like I said it's going to be a, a tough tough challenge uh, here uh, at Central Michigan but I, I just we're concentrating on the little things uh, so we can become more consistent and the goal is you know to to emerge the you know from the game with a win if we can if and if we can't uh, you know, at least come out of the football game healthy and a better football team than we were when we went in uh, Patrick Quinlevin had uh, two sacks in the game, forced a fumble, recovered it. What kind of potential does he have? <laughs> He's a great kid. I mean, uh, one of 
one of you you have guys on the team that are just team favorites, guys that are kind of the underdog who just work really, really hard during practice. And uh, we've got a couple of them on offense, a couple of them on defense. So when they make a play on Saturdays, that probably energizes the team beyond anything else that one of our marquee players can do. And, and Pat uh, made a couple of those. He didn't play a lot during the football game, but, but he was around the football and made those plays and, and uh, made it at critical times and helped us get back into the game. So it was great to see from Pat. And, and he's a young guy who's, who's got a lot of bright future ahead of him. Dave, thanks so much. Appreciate the time. Best of luck coming up this weekend at Central Michigan. Appreciate it, Steve. Thank you. Dave Giacchini, head football coach at Bucknell. Understand after Dak Prescott's injury, you bought everybody in the office cake. No, senor! No, senor! No, senor! I don't understand where this comes from. All right, we'll come back with more in a moment. Great to have you with us today on News Radio 1070 WKOK. The weather is getting cooler and the leaves are changing in central PA. Hi, this is Season from Purdy Insurance. If your current agent is falling short, it's time to give Purdy Insurance a call. We're a local, family-owned, independent agency ready to find the right insurance to fit your needs. You can call us at 570-286-5855, stop in our office on Market Street in Sunbury, or head to our website at purdyinsurance.com to find out what we can do for you. Under pressure, Goff hit as he throws. It was deflected by Kaiser White, and James Bradbury has his first Philadelphia pick, and it's a pick six. He needed it because your team didn't play well. Um, geez. Wow. You got away with that one. Yeah. Defensively, a lot to clean up. And a lot yeah, to be concerned about yeah. that I didn't think we'd be concerned about. Yeah. I'm not concerned about any of it. All right. Um, so here we go. <laughs> sure, you'll be fine. Impressive win for the New York your New York Football Giants, by the way. Well, again, this. Let me. Uh, can I talk about Saquon for a moment? Oh yeah, huge <sighs> game for him, of course. People do not. Yeah, but people. It's. Uh, this is, Things that I know that are that are obvious to me, I always get frustrated that I then have to explain to everybody else about how, how things work. Ugh. All right. So I'll waste my time and do this. But, okay. People think see somebody come back from an injury, and they think right away, that's it, same guy as before. And it's not how it goes. There are two injuries in particular, knee injury and Achilles injuries. When you come back from them, you are functional in year one. You can play. Football, basketball, you can play. You just, I mean, the body, I mean, the mind is telling you, come on, come on, come on. The body's like, I'm still getting used to post-surgery. And you look at Saquon last year. He played, but he was functional when he played. It's always the second year, like, whoa, he's got the jump back. He's got that speed back. He's got that get to the edge back and get through the hole quicker. That second year back from any knee injury, even though knee surgery is exponentially better than it was 10, 20, 30, and especially 40 years ago. Not even close. Okay? And the other one's the Achilles. 
I remember when Tim Frazier got his. Now, Barkley, remember, is still not a year out from or does not. Uh, when he played last year, he still was not a year out from getting hurt. All right, so now he's two years out, almost. Remember when Tim Frazier hurt his Achilles, he could blow by all five guys. And then he got the Achilles, and when he came back, he was functional, but he could blow by two and he couldn't get by the third. Second year back from it, he's playing in the G League. Now that old speed's back, he's flowing, and it gets him into the NBA where he'd spend, what, eight, nine years in the NBA? And it's the same story with Kobe Bryant. Oh, he came back with the Achilles. Kobe Bryant, when he came back from the Achilles, was good. The second year back, he was great. It's always that second year with a guy. When a guy comes back, he had the kind of year Saquon did last year I expected. I expected him to have a functional year. It's not one of those injuries where you come back and go, whoa, here we go. So, the Athletic did a uh, poll on football. Nance Romo Wolfson, number one, 36%. Michael Herb Street, Hard Tongue, number two, 23.5. Buck Aikman, Lisa Salters, three, 18%. Tariko Collinsworth Stark were fourth. Burkhardt, Olsen, Andrews, and Rinaldi were last. When it comes to game broadcasts, what do you prefer? NBC 1, CBS 2, Fox 3, ESPN 4, NFL Network 5, Amazon 6. Studio. Fox number 1. By a wide margin. NFL Network 2, NBC 3, ESPN 4, CBS 5. Ooh, that is to hurt the Sooties. Devotee of Bill Cower. If Coach Cower tells him to go drink pond water, the suit is over by the pond. You, sir, are my hero! Will you subscribe to Amazon Prime to watch Thursday Night Football? Already subscribed, 77%. No 14%, yes, 5%, not sure, 4.4. Will Buck and Aikman impact your Monday night viewing? 71%, I'll watch the same. 22% will say I'll watch more. Only 7.5% said they'll watch less. When will Tom Brady retire and join the Fox booth? 49% said after this season. 33% said two seasons. 14% said never. Which current player or coach do you think would be the best broadcaster? Sean McVay won, 40%. Mike Tomlin, too, 22%. Tom Brady, 3.9%. Aaron Rodgers, 8%. Von Miller, 7%. Bill Belichick, 4%. Jalen Hurts, 0. I put Bill Belichick at 0. Have you ever seen, do you see Belichick on the uh, NFL top 100 of all time? I did not see him on that. I was shocked he even did it. Thoroughly, completely outstanding. I mean, absolutely outstanding. Because, again, when you talk to Bill Belichick about what is in his personal interest wheelhouse, he is terrific. You don't judge guys on the press conference. He didn't want to do the press conference. He didn't want to talk about certain stuff. When he's away from it, he's a different guy. 
Um, one to five. How do you grade the Manning cast? Four won it. Three was uh, second. Five was third. One was fourth. Two was sixth. It was a uh, fifth. Excuse me. How much money would you pay for the ability to watch every NFL game? America's cheap. Less than three hundred dollars. Eighty-five percent. I mean, you barely pay cable. Right. How likely are you to watch an alternate broadcast? One is never five all the time. Five finished last. One finished fourth. Three right in the middle finished first. How much do broadcasters matter while you're watching a game? One doesn't matter at all. Five can make or break a game for me. Three finish first. Four second. Uh, one finished last. Five was uh, <clears throat> fourth. Rules analysts. One don't need him. Five essential. One finished last and five finished fourth. It was three right in the middle. Will you purchase Sunday ticket? 79% said no. Will you subscribe to Apple TV Plus? Depends on the price, 38%. No, 37%. Will John Carlos Stan hit a home run after the fourth inning? 98% said no. I'm just kidding. That wasn't a question. <laughs> that did happen. What was it? Saturday night, I think it was. Although it was Irre- against positional player, but it still was Irrele- done. Irrelevant. Let's move on. It, it, like meaningful game. It's like Captain K. Just like Garrett Cole. Like, well, they're in the play. They let winning teams with winning records in playoffs. Had to pitch against them. I got a twinge. These are your people. Which lead NFL booth would you like to sit there and watch in person? Which one would you want to watch? <clears throat> oh. I'd, I'd say slight edge to Al Michaels. Finish second. Because he's, he's one of Nan- my idols. Romo and Nance, 47%. Michael Herb Street, 19%. Buck Aikman, 19%. Tariqo Collinsworth, 9%. And Burkhard and Olsen, 5%. I mean, nobody knows them. I mean, that's the. Yeah. They're, they're still new. How I much love Kevin would, Burkhardt, though. How much would you. I think he's great. How much would you pay for a pay per view Super Bowl? Up to $50, 67%, 50 to 119%, 100 plus, only 14%. We get to that point. Well, you don't have to worry about the Eagles are never going back, so. <laughs> no, what, what would happen is they would get to that point, and then I have to pay to watch it. And you're you're listening to.